0: Welcome to the sixth podcast in this Journeys to Treasury series. I'm Helen Sanders, and I'm delighted to introduce our panel for you today. Anne Ahrens from SAP, Nicola Vincent from PwC, and Neil Pan from BNP Paribas. Consumer buying behavior has changed rapidly with the rise of e-commerce and online marketplaces, which is prompting a transformation in the way that companies sell, gather data, create a personalised customer experience and build long-term relationships. In this podcast, we discuss what these developments mean for treasurers and how they can benefit. Anne, if I can come to you first of all, how would you describe the shift we are seeing towards D2C or direct-to-consumer?
1: So um, first, digitalization creates new business models, and uh, based on new technologies such as IoT, cloud-based architecture, or also high-volume capabilities, companies can monetize new scenarios. And also, e-commerce is growing and is experiencing another growth period, especially now during the pandemic situation and due to closed shops. And companies move away from indirect sales towards B2C models. What are the implications
0: from a treasurer's perspective? Nicola, perhaps I could come to you.
2: Yeah, Uh, actually um, shifting to to direct-to-consumer is not only about selling products directly to customer. Uh, It's, like we've just said, uh, a total new business model to put in place. And uh, I think amongst all the changes that companies have to face when shifting to to direct-to-consumer model, payments is probably one the main topic that will impact treasurers. For a long time, payment has been seen as uh, a cost center, actually. But now, uh, payment is really at the core of business performance. And uh, it actually changes the paradigm for uh, treasurers since uh, it's a lever of value creation. And uh, then you need to reconfigure to embrace uh, this new paradigm.
0: Great. Right. Thank you. And I think that's an interesting point of that shift from cost center to value center, um, you know, driven through uh, driven through payments. That's, that's interesting. And Neil, um, anything you would add to, to what Nicola has just said?
3: Well, I think I totally agree. I cannot say it's uh, much better. Uh, to me, payment is the cornerstone of the client relationship. And it is true for retail, of course, because you use your banking app every day or every two days. You use your credit card almost every day but it is also true even maybe probably more true for uh, corporates and merchants because when you talk payment to merchants you now you're talking uh, sales you're talking turnover and you're talking how can I help you increase your sales and when you do that I can tell you that you have uh, you know uh, you put in place strong relationships uh, between, uh, with, between you and your customers and when you manage to uh, to put in place new solutions, uh, so that you create either new channels, uh, direct to consumer approach, or if you uh, improve the, uh, the, the the client or the customers journey, you improve in the end their sales and you reinforce the, the relationship with uh, actors like BNP Paribas and their and their clients.
0: Perfect. And you mentioned relationships. You mentioned channels there. Um, when we talk about D2C models, Nicola, what do you see as perhaps the wider implications beyond payments?
2: Yeah, so uh, I think um, Treasury departments have to reconfigure uh, internal organization to uh, actually uh, be become a business partner uh, for uh, the operational business units. Um, the fact is that Financial aspects are further from the business, and uh, treasurer, treasurer teams needs to collaborate with e-commerce teams, IT teams, and regulatory teams as well. Um, and there must be a clear distribution of roles and responsibilities between the treasurers and their all the ecosystem in the com- company.
0: Thank you, and you mentioned marketplaces and we've seen the the growth of marketplaces as part of the e-commerce and d2c trend but how are customer preferences changing retail models more broadly and Anand, perhaps I could come to you with that.
1: So we see a transformation of the entire product portfolio. Um, Customers only want to pay for what they really have used but they don't want to buy the entire product or machine and we see this trend across all industries. A typical example is, for example, the high-tech sector with digital goods, downloads of films or music, for example. But think of car sharing instead of buying a car, for example. And uh, this also affects the B2B business in, in healthcare, for example. Expensive medical equipment can be rented instead of uh, purchasing the entire yeah, machine. Or also traditional machinery companies are monetizing based on these models. We have, for example, Shuko. They um, make windows, but they also have these machines for um, door and window making, and they rent out these machines now as a service and also rent out their software as a service. And um, yeah, maybe another aspect to mention here is that additional services can be wrapped around physical products and can be sold as a bundle to a customer, um, maybe based on a contract then.
0: That's really interesting. So we're seeing things like downloads, as you've mentioned, the sharing economy, subscriptions, Uh, products as a service, um, software as a service. How are companies responding and then adapting to that, particularly from a treasury standpoint? And and Anne,
1: perhaps I could stay with you for that. So first, new technologies such as IoT enable the monetization of new product models. And uh, so we see that usage and subscription based scenarios are really increasing. Um, When we talk about solution business, meaning that we have different components in a bundle, this requires contract lifecycle management and also the orchestration of follow-on processes. This can be a physical delivery, it can be that there are additional services, it can be that there is a subscription, and all of these components need to be managed and are part of one single contract, so we need the processes to support this. And um, yeah, this shift to to -to direct-to-consumer and usage or subscription-based business models also leads to an increasing document volume. And this requires high performance and automated processes with low or no touch transactions in the end. And companies need to enable growth with scalable solutions.
0: That's interesting. And Neil, I know this is an area that you've been focusing on as well, looking at that whole sort of reinvention of retail. Um, Any comments you would add to what um, Anne's already mentioned?
3: Yeah, I think current, um, current merchants and or corporates are uh, thinking, uh, rethinking their, uh, what I call the unified commerce approach, which is uh, uh, how do you make, uh, how do you uh, uh, cope with the fact that you have uh, now uh, online channels, online webshops, and uh, still physical stores. And uh, w- one uh, real key thing to understand is, to, to me, some merchants, when you have a store, now, especially after the COVID crisis, you need to make sense for your customer to enter into your store. Why should they come to your store? What is, you know, what added value of your stores? Because obviously you cannot have the same, uh, as many references in a, in a store than you can have on the, you know, the, the warehouse of, a, of an online uh, shop. So w- one way to answer to this uh, dilemma is uh, 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 what we've done with uh, uh, FFT uh, and, and Roland Garros is i think we we bought the online warehouse directly within the shop and by doing this we uh, uh, we decrease the number of cash desks uh, so that you know you have more space to display items and uh, we uh, uh, equipped uh, all the sales with a uh, um, uh, new tablet uh, uh, terminals on which you can display all the uh, items that you have on the website and so when you don't find something within the shop or if you know it's not available uh, anymore, you can just propose your clients to click on your tablet, pay on the tablet, and it will be shipped to your place directly. So this is the kind of uh, uh, of uh, new customer experience that uh, all merchants uh, and even corporates are rethinking. It's uh, it's a uh, combination uh, of uh, uh, some online uh, journeys and uh, uh, in-store uh, experience.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And Neil, just staying with you for a moment, if I if I may, um, Anne talked about um, these new retail models, not just in the, the consumer space, but also in the B2B space as well, which was is clearly a, an interesting dynamic and a dimension to this whole discussion. Again, what are you seeing in that B2B e-commerce space?
3: Yes, definitely an area of growth and an area of innovation. We, I think corporates in the P2B space, they, they, they are trying to reinvent or at least to, to, uh, to copy in a sort what we've seen on the B2C uh, market. And uh, uh, let me give you an example. We, we have worked with a, a, a computer constructor. The computer constructor, you know, they have large accounts, uh, large uh, account manager to cope with, you know, very large company. That's one side of the business. But for smaller SMEs, or even uh, professionals, uh, they cannot distribute directly to those, uh, to, those uh, be, uh, to those businesses. So they used to rely, they still rely on distributors, which you know they are uh, local stores. And uh, so, if I'm a professional, I need to buy uh, three PCs. when I just enter the store, ask for three PCs, and get out. That's the current uh, place. And what this uh, computer constructor is uh, have launched with uh, with us is. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to add a new channel so that I can tackle directly those small uh, those SMBs or those professionals. So they created a website uh, which is dedicated to those uh, SMEs and on top of, uh, you know, addressing those SMEs uh, SMBs directly, they are shifting their model to a usage uh, economy model uh, because instead of buying the computer, you will just rent it. And actually on the website, you cannot buy it can only rent it so uh, what we have done uh, for them is uh, build uh, so they build the website and we added with our uh, 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 leasing solution uh, company Piba uh, we added this leasing uh, possibility so when you are uh, a professional you log in uh, on the website of this uh, computer uh, maker you enter your detail we score them we say yeah it's fine uh, we can uh, rent them. And uh, uh, then the uh, the the, the, car con- the computer maker will send the three PCs directly to the uh, to the SMEs, and we will um, us just uh, uh, um, cash in every month uh, thirty euros or whatever for the for the PCs until the end of the renting contract. So you can see with this example that it is a uh, a mix of a new channel. Because they are direct to, to their uh, uh, SMEs uh, clients and a shift of business model from a, uh, um, a, a standard uh, sales model to a, a new usage model.
0: Really interesting thank you so much and it's great to hear such a specific example it brings certainly brings that whole concept to life. So I'm going to ask all three of you, if I may, how do you see the future of digital retail models, whether of course that's D2C and increasingly um, D2B as well, and and how can treasurers anticipate
1: and prepare for some of those changes? Anne, I can ask you first, if I may. So the current trend will continue and we will see more and more of these scenarios and um, treasurers should be involved from the very beginning when this business transformation is happening. There are various aspects to be considered where treasurers have an important share, for example, thinking about payment methods, bank relationships, or also the way how cash is being collected. And uh, from a technical perspective, companies need a scalable landscape to be prepared for future growth. We are moving to high volume but low value businesses, so this should be supported with an intelligent and highly automated solution. And also, yeah, flexibility and agility is it's essential to quickly adapt to new market requirements, for example, new payment methods, and here cloud-based solutions could be an advantage. Yeah, and of course, uh, cash flows also impacted. Some treasury management systems are not so close to order to cash data. And that sometimes makes it difficult to analyze the cash flow in a more detail. And also reconciliation of uh, cash flows might become a challenge compared to the classical B2B business.
0: That's really interesting. Thank you. And um, some of the points there that are particularly resonated were the scalability, the agility, the importance of data uh, and bringing that together, particularly bringing the order to cache uh, data together. So that's great. Thank you. Uh, Neil, perhaps I could come to you now.
3: Well, I think uh, with this, you know, the what well, I, I i can say the revolution in payment that we are seeing right now with all these innovations and new uh, new model i think this uh, uh, puts directly the the treasurer uh, in in the middle uh, at the center of this revolution for corporates because the treasurer is the one who will uh, to me uh, who uh, will manage all the cashing in the end so, uh, uh, how to to prepare? How can they prepare? I think uh, treasurer first, so they are in the good place for the companies to understand that. And uh, I think uh, uh, from uh, our point of view, the relationship with uh, uh, the uh, the bank and the sales uh, is key for a treasurer to understand. Um, a, a small example maybe uh, is. Uh, uh, we have developed uh, uh, integrated FX uh, uh, within our uh, cash-in solutions. And, and you see that this is the combination of uh, standard uh, payment services and uh, standard bank services. And treasurers are really, uh, in the middle of this, uh, are the best ones to understand uh, the value of such uh, solutions.
0: Thank you. That's great. And I I think um, I I like the concept of having the treasurer at the centre of this. We always talk about treasury being a service provider to the rest of the business. But in fact, this, as you say, puts treasury at the sort of the centre stage. I also really like the point you made about uh, the FX element of it as well. We've talked generally about domestic business, for example, but... the the implication of the the D2C model and the D2B model is very much cross-border as well. So I think it was great to highlight that. And Nicola, finally to you.
2: So I I will get along actually with what Anne and you just said. Uh, Direct to consumer is uh, about accessing their client directly to get a better understanding of their behavior, needs, expectations. And I think their uh, data. is really gold, actually, to uh, leverage all these information that companies will gather. Um, and obviously, payments, uh, as mentioned, is uh, key as actually a new topic that Treasurer didn't uh, really master uh, by the past. And since uh, the payment value chain is getting more and more complex with more and more uh, solutions, and uh, complexity raising through uh, global payments, cross-border payments you mentioned. I think uh, it's really key for Treasurer to uh, actually hire new competencies uh, from a business perspective but also from a data uh, perspective as well. One example is uh, the fraud management uh, which is new uh, actually when you come to direct consumer uh, business and this is uh, a topic that is uh, well managed when you uh, actually leverage all the data you have uh, regarding your customer behavior, the way they pay, uh, the moment that, at which they pay actually uh, is key to uh, reach a good uh, rate when it comes to food. And I think this is really important.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And and again, you know, going back to the points that both Anne and Neil had raised about the value of data, um, I also like the point you raised about the new competencies that treasurers will need to to build on this new set of responsibilities that it has, and the importance of building new business competencies, data, technology, um, and the value of data, not just in understanding the consumer experience, but also looking at things like fraud as well. So we've had some really fantastically rich insights from Anne, from Neil and from Nicola today. So I want to thank all three of you very much indeed uh, for your time, fascinating topic and and, say fascinating insights. Thank you so much and thank you for listening.